again. <clears throat> Good afternoon to everybody. It's great to, to be here. In Brahma, and so just a welcome note to the Albina friends as well. Oh, sorry. Uh, shall we turn to the scriptures, please? And to the book of Job. As I think to share my testimony, I'd like to read just two portions of the scriptures, please. Book of Job, chapter 9. Book of Job, chapter 9. Verse 32, for he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any days man, any mediator between us, but my lay his hand upon us both. In the New Testament, please, First Timothy, the New Testament, First Timothy. Chapter 2, for there is one God, verse 5, sorry, chapter 2, verse 5, 1 Timothy, for there is one God and one mediator between God and the man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And we know that God will Bless the public reading of his scriptures. I'd like to share my testimony with, with all of you, but especially it is a burden in my heart for those who are here and still don't know the Lord Jesus, still don't believe in him, still don't have him as a personal Savior and Lord. And as I read the scriptures, I'm going now to explain a bit of my life, where I'm coming from and how I met Christ, and how He became my Lord and Savior. As you have heard yesterday, I come from Albania. You can gather that. My accent is not as perfect, although there is a bit of Northern Irish accent in that. Uh, I was raised in, in Albania. I was born and raised there um, some years ago. And when in Albania was communism. Now, the young people, the young generation will not know what is that. But after the Second World War, a big curtain, an iron curtain, Mr. Churchill called it, came upon Europe. And that was a huge division. The Western world and Eastern world. In the Eastern world, communism ruled for almost 50 years, and in Albania as well. After the Second World War, the communists took power, and they started to ban everything. They banned what is the, 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 the freedom of possession. People were not allowed to possess anything. They banned the right to democracy, to vote. Our elections were worse than the Russian elections. I remember people going to vote and there was only one name, one choice. People banned, not, uh, the communists banned not only the right to, to, to property, not only the right, the freedom to vote, but they banned religion. People were not allowed to believe, despite whatever, but they didn't have that freedom. Their aim was that they 
wanted us to think with our own mind and not with our own mind. And that was for so, so many years. And that is the, the background when I was grown up. At nursery, you, you sing the songs about party and about the leader. And you, you grow up and everything is organized. The party have to think for you and you have a place. The schools are organized as a platoon, as an army. And I was, as I said, I was grown up in, in those circumstances where the name of God was never mentioned. At school, they taught us that the, the blessed Lord, he wasn't even a historical figure, was invented at 3rd and 4th century AD. And that there is no God out there. The space, the skies were empty. And this is the place that I was, I was born and grew up. They said that Gagarin went to space in the 60s. And he said, oh, I, I went there and I didn't see God. But they never said that when Armstrong went up there, he said that I prayed and I felt his presence as strong as upon the earth. Because they said you cannot see, doesn't exist. And I was, as in, I was all the part of all this system of, of, of brainwashing. And the first time after the democracy arrived, that was 1990. And in 1991, I came a, a big group of Christians came to Albania. And the first thing that they were saying was, God loves Albania. And I was only 16. Now, I know that you're good at maths. I'm 47 years old now. Okay? Uh, and I, I, I was 16 at that time, just a teenager. And I was saying, how is someone who doesn't exist can love us? And as I remember going, there was just gospel meetings just for one week. And the first day was Myself with uh, two friends of ours, of mine, with myself. And the second day, just two of us. And the third day, Wednesday night, it was just me. And these people were telling us something that I never heard before. They said that God exists. They said that if there is an engineer, and he can make cars. And if there is a painting, should be a painter. And if there is a creation, should be a creator. And I never thought of it. And that was my first step to think that yes the skies the heavens are not empty but actually they declare the glory of God and that was my first step in my spiritual journey there is another step to believe that you have a soul you see materialism Marxism teaches that you are just a martyr everything is is, is surrounded by matter and everything is matter, that you are not a spiritual being. You don't have a soul. It's like, it's like a glove. You have put your hand on a glove and the glove is starting to move. Who's moving the glove? Is the glove moved by itself? Absolutely not. Is the hand moving the glove? And we are a spiritual being. It's not my mouth speaking to you, just as my soul trying to communicate to you, using obviously the vocal cords and so on. And as I started to, 
to think, to consider, yes, might be a God out there, and we might be, we might have a soul. We might have something that is deeper than just matter. There's another step that I had to take. That this soul is eternal. Now, you might come from a Christian family, and as I said yesterday, that privilege is immense. You don't understand the privilege that you have to be raised in a Christian family. And where these truths, these biblical truths, have been taught to you from the childhood. And the soul that I started to, to consider of, of myself, the, the, these Christians were saying that this soul is, is eternal. I said, eternity? Everything dies with, with a man. There is nothing behind that. But if we start to consider, actually, we are eternal. Physics teaches us that nothing gets destroyed. Second law of thermodynamics. Everything gets changed from a form to another form. So why should I apply that to our soul? And not only that, but the death, when we consider it, when I used to consider it, those years, is a strange thing. Why we are afraid of it? If it's just as, as a birthday, it's just an event of life. should be something mysterious around it. Later on, I discovered from a scripture what was that. And as I am as, as a teenager, going to these gospel meetings every night, I start to understand that, yes, there is a God. I start to understand that I have a soul. I start to understand that this soul is, is eternal. After death, we're still going to live. There is another step. That I am a sinner. You might say, yes, we all know that. No, you don't know that. Because if you don't believe that there is a God, there is no right or wrong. There's no good of evil. And actually that thing to, to be a sinner was quite hard for me to, to grasp it first and then to apply it to me. The Bible says we all have sinned. I wasn't a bad guy, actually. My marks at school were good. Now, maybe I might have done something, but not too bad. And then until it dawned upon me that my thoughts were not good, my words were not good, my deeds were not good, and the conscience within me was speaking to me. And conscience is something strange. Why do you feel good if you do good things? And why do you feel bad if you do bad things? And the funny thing is, even when the other people don't see us, we still feel good or bad according to our deeds. Because our conscience speaks to us, speaks to you of who you are. You see, there are two big screens on the sides here. And I know that people like Facebook. What about a hard book where everybody can, can see on the screen your thoughts, 
Would you have an account? Would you update it regularly? Although you might not have Facebook, but you have an account in a way in front of God where he sees everything that you think, that you say, that you do. And Bible calls that sin. I realized that I was a sinner. I didn't want people to know my, my, my thoughts, people to know what I have done to others. But God knew who I was. And as I realized that there is a holy God there, and I was a sinner, I realized that I was going to be accountable to this God. And that started in a way to feel uneasy. Now, I'd like to, to read a quote by Jordan Peterson. What he says about human heart. He says, you know so much about yourself. You're bad enough as other people know you. But you only know the full range of your secret transgressions, insufficiencies, and inequities. No one is more familiar than you with all the ways your mind and body do. No one has more reason to hold you in contempt, to see you as pathetic, but withholding something that might do you good. You can punish yourself for all your feelings. A dog, a harmless, innocent, unself-conscious dog is clearly more deserving. And that was me. And I realized that not only I was a sinner, but what was going to happen to me five minutes after my death. What is going to happen to you? We are talking about the eternity. What is going to happen? Not five, five seconds. And we are not sure if we'll have tonight. You might finish the conference. You might go home. You might put your head on your pillow. And you may have a bad dream as being on the other side in front of the Holy God, and you're trying to waken up yourself, but you'll not. And that was, that was me. I was so afraid being in front of the Holy God and the consequences of being sinner in front of Him. Because I knew what I was expecting to my soul. Hell, damnation. Eternal separation from God. Torment. Suffering that I deserved. And actually, Dostoevsky says that the worst thing of hell is because God will not be there. And that makes everything so terrible. And that makes the torment being worse. And that made the flames being worse. And that was my, my problem in front of a holy God. 
Actually, it wasn't only mine. Might be yours. What's going to happen to you if you lose so great salvation? It was Job's problem. And the scholar says that, they say that Job's book is one of the ancient books in the scripture, in the Bible. And if it's so, that means it's been written maybe 4,000 years ago. And if it's so, that means it's one of the ancient books of the human literature. And if it's so, that means the cry of him. If the, why there is no one there between God, the Holy One, and me, the sinner. There is no mediator, Job will say, I wish you say to be someone. And that was my cry. Until I heard about Lord Jesus. These people said that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And they told, told us, they preached us how he left the glory. And he came upon this earth. To live a perfect life so different from our lives. And he, the Son of God, he came not to live, but he came to die. And after, after he, he spent some time having his own disciples around him, they took him, arrested him, and put him on the cross. And they were preaching, they were telling to us, he died for our sins. He died on our behalf, in our place. You see, God loves Albania. And I started to realize that. When you ask the children, don't know if they do it here, you know, how much you love your daddy? Or how, loved you, how much you love your mommy? They'll open their arms. And if we ask ourselves, how much God loved us? Christ opened our arm, his arms at the cross for you and for me. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But if you would believe in him, you'll not go in that place of perdition but you'll have eternal, everlasting life today with him. And then tomorrow, after you live, and you'll go on the other side. And that was the good news. There is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. That cry of Job's heart, that cry of my heart, I find the answer. At the person of Christ. He came from heaven to die for me. And here am I. I was an atheist on Monday. And, and going every night to, 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 these, to, to those meetings. On Friday night, I remember when everybody was going, as going there to bed, I said, I can't cope anymore with this. I feel an empty space in my heart. And I felt the burden of my sin in front of God. And I said, I have to settle this. So when everybody is going to, to bed, I, I need for the very first time, 
And I, I said, I said, Lord, I know that you are here, that you hear my prayer. But have mercy on me. Forgive my sin. I want you to be my Savior, my Lord. I'm so sorry of what I have done. Please change my life. It was a very simple prayer. Those t- that time, I didn't know many things. You see, New Testament, Old Testament, or whatever you can speak of, of truths on the Scripture. I still don't know many things, but I knew something, that I was lost, and Christ came to save me. I was blind, but now I could see. And I remember on Saturday morning, Everything looked so different. People looked different. Even, even the trees looked different. Because he had started in me his good work. He gave me his eternal life. He gave me what my heart needed. To be connected with the creator. And I found purpose why I am here now. Do you know why you're here? Just by random? What's the purpose of your life? Is there a difference between you with all the respect and the animals? They eat. They have their own children. They try to survive. But life should be more than that and has to be more than that. Because if we are made in According to his image, if you are made according to his image, you have to have a living relationship with the living God. There is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. And that was my story. That was just short, in a very short, what happened in one week can happen to you. Maybe not in one week, can happen to you in this weekend. Today as the day of salvation. Tonight can be your night. If you go to him, if you repent from your sin, and if you ask him, if you trust him, those who've accepted him, he gave them by his authority, by his power, the right to be called children of God. This is my story. I don't know what is your story, but God is so good to us. And he doesn't want anyone, he doesn't want you to to perish. But he wants that you may come to him through the Lord Jesus. 200 years ago, in this, in this land, actually 1825, 1830, there were two men. One of them was George Wilson. You may know not him, you may know him or maybe not. 
But they did that time, as I said, 200 years ago, a huge robbery. Actually, they killed somebody on that. And they were supposed to be hanged. Actually, the other friend of George got hanged. There were people who, who put some pressure on the president of the United States of that time that he may issue the pardon to George Wilson. And actually, the president issued the pardon and George Wilson got pardoned. But as they went to communicate the pardon granting from, from a president, for some reason that in history we don't have it, he refused it. And people didn't know what to do. To hang him, he got forgiven. Not to hang him, he didn't receive it. And the Supreme Court had to gather again and had to decide. And they took a decision by saying something like, the pardon gets his power at the moment that is accepted. I am from Albania. And I was raised in an environment with no God. But I'll be in heaven. It will be a terrible thing being from the United States where the gospel is being preached from every corner and ending in a terrible place. A pardon received it's power at the moment that is accepted. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. And don't be filled like George well.